0: War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. Well, happy Monday, folks. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePetro.com. It is Easter Monday. I think we still can call it that. Hope you had a uh, nice weekend. We've been through a lot. Much better than it was uh, as far as Easter-wise, just seeing people, than it was two years ago, of course. 2020 was the worst of that. Folks, this portion of the program brought to you by P.R. Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're officially open for the season. See their beautiful selection of pansies, pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers, bowls, assorted colors, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, where they have beautiful hydrangeas. And the colors are incredible. Blue, white, pink, daffodils, tulips, hyacinthias. They carry a lot of landscape material, too, including screen loom, black, brown, hemlock, and mulch. Uh, Stop in and see them crushed stone. Gift certificates are available. It's Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're open. Listen, stop in. There's a good week. Do some of your spring planting. Located right off of Route 4, 3688. Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, they are terrific. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron—they're open seven days a week. Folks, shop local, and on top of that, quality is fantastic. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks, as always, visit the website depetro.com, d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com, and um you're going to see the story. Actually, there's a lot of local stories and stories you won't get anywhere else. Um, and don't forget, to petro.com, which is, in fact, brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Discover the Brood Difference, two locations in Johnston, one in Cranston, and then also Bald Hill Road. Delicious food, whether it's breakfast or lunch or just into the afternoon, you want to have something to eat, uh, but it's a great place to meet with people. If you're going to be meeting with someone, and for many people that maybe you work from home, sometimes I see people that say, you know, I just wanted to get out and be where there were some people instead of just being home alone. You can uh, check out the Brood Difference at Brood Awakenings. Folks, check out the website, DePedro.com. McKee, lowest poll numbers in New England. So Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the press, the uh, primary now, the Democrat primary gubernatorial is coming up in just five months. And according to the Boston Globe, Governor Dan McKee is slightly more popular than President Joe Biden in Rhode Island, which is not saying a lot. New poll shows both Democrats find themselves underwater when it comes how people think of them handling the COVID, the uh, pandemic, which is still, folks, the numbers are rising again. Now, the uh, McKee approval rating ticked up from 34% in January to 40% in March. But that's before this poll was done before word came out about the FBI probing him. How about Biden's approval rating is now 37%. Do you know what that means? He's down 20 points of the margin that he won in 2020. McKee also is the least popular governor in New England. He trails every governor in New England. His approval rating is 39% in Rhode Island. Think of that. 39%. Can someone really get elected? with a 39% approval rating. The governor of Vermont, 59%. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, 55%. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, 50%. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, 45%. Governor of Maine is Governor Mills, 42%. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, 37%. And again, this is before word broke about the fbi probe into his administration now attorney general peter narona announced last week two investigations into the mckee administration they expect are going to wrap up um uh, they're nearing their conclusion now one actually it's bud craddock of the dmv and it has to do with this renting to the brothels i don't um that that's not fair he inherited craddock I was surprised no one asked Craddock about that when they had the license plate uh, press conference. But anyhow, uh, that one isn't fair. But two big ones are, in fact, his former chief of staff, Tony Silva. Now, that investigation's been going on since last August. And then the latest is the ILO contract, where there was a state investigation, also an FBI investigation. Now, here's the most important thing, or one of the most important things I should say about Governor McKee. Anyone that's thinking that that ilo fbi investigation is going to wrap up quickly i want to remind you there. attorney general peter said they're they're nearing their conclusion so we're almost into may here and it's still not done um so the fact that the fbi is investigating the mckee administration i mean is there anyone that really thinks that this thing is going to wrap up between now the primary is less than five months away and i recognize governor mckee's going all out he is throwing money in anything that moves uh obviously throwing or uh, trying to throw a lot of money to the laborers with the whole superman fiasco the uh uh super scam as some people are calling it i i think he's in for a tough haul because his opponents haven't even started hitting him let's see where his approval rating is when the commercials start to hit with the uh you know very dramatic music and the black and white slow motion with the FBI investigation folks on this Monday, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by J Perry paving. Hey, why not get your driveway paved? That'll improve the value of your home and it looks better. Residential commercial seal coating, and also patios letter J J Perry paving free estimate, any project call them 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730 free quote. They'll give you a free quote for your business free estimate i should say and remember with letter j j perry paving licensed insured contracting company they're going to help you meet your client needs no matter how big or how small the job it's j perry paving and maybe hey maybe have asphalt for your driveway affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 uh and they'll do a fantastic job and remember if you're a veteran no one is better for veterans, or if you're related to one, contact J. Perry Paving and say, my father's a veteran, my mother's a veteran, my grandfather, grandmother, aunt, uncle, boyfriend. Give them a call today, 401-732-1730, and look for them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. If a problem with your heating system, call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 Sixty-five, sixty-two, twenty-four. 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401 732 6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is re coogan com. residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls, maintenance agreements, installation. RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold, it's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, it's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out what did i do did i panic did i try to fix it i called coogan heating 401-732-6562 look for them on facebook and then the website is re coogan thing to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m. 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website Petro.com, Just on the upper left, you just click uh, Listen Live. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me here is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It is uh, Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off with uh, Jessica, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Announced late last week that she is, they, they don't exactly pull out, but she's suspending her campaign in the race for CD2. Uh, a lot of different speculation. It was an uphill climb. She she just made the announcement, um, the formal announcement a month ago. She announced actually pretty quickly when Congressman Jim Langevin uh, let it be known that he's not seeking uh, reelection. What, what do you uh, mean? That's managing anchorizing dot com. Justin, your thoughts on State Senator Jessica De La Cruz withdrawing from this congressional district race uh, too?
1: Well, she was—it was kind of a long shot and early for her in her political career to make, be making this leap. So it was—it was she was being a bit ambitious, especially not quite living in the district yet. So I think she was counting on and expecting a, a whole lot of support, national support especially. And she did get some of it. I mean, Kathy Gregg of the Province Journal called her sixty-five thousand dollar take in a quarter meager, but I mean, if you compare to uh,
0: speak with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising dot com. Justin, you were mentioning how. Um it was a little bit of a long shot for State Senator Jessica de la Cruz.
1: Yes, well, I mean, she was testing the waters to a large degree, I think. And it's early in her career for this kind of a move, uh, especially not living in the district. Uh, and I think she was expecting a lot more, probably a lot more support from, from Washington and national movements, because uh, she does kind of fit a mold of, of you know, young female candidates, Republicans have been field, fielding. So she probably had some indications that that was out there. And, you know, Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal <laughs> called her her $65,000 take for the first quarter meager, but it's not really. I mean, it's more than twice that Sabina Matos took for the first quarter as lieutenant governor in her campaign fundraising. So uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it wasn't a, a bad take, all things considered, but with a strong opponent in Alan Fung already in the race, uh, it probably makes sense. And so it's, it's encouraging that, you know, she's, she's pulling out of it in the right way, saying she's going to continue her work in the Senate and work with Alan Fung on building up the Republican party. And that's all positive. So I think it was just, you know, she was, she was testing to see, see how much support there really was. And it wasn't quite there
0: yet. Yeah, I think that's right. And also um, she, she had not moved. It's a short amount of time window you know, you're, you're trying to let's let's face it right now with the housing shortage. It's, it's not easy to just decide the number one, sell your house. Plus, you're going to move. She's got a family. Um, I, and I think, you know, it, as much as people may not say, you know, and people say they don't like all the money in politics, it's boy, it's there and it makes a difference. And uh, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung certainly made a loud statement when he, boom, walked up to the table and had reported fundraising of over half a million. So now you're going up against someone. I also, I heard an interview she did on public radio, and, you know, I, I think she started to realize a lot of the questions and, and uh, just the press would be sometimes adversarial. I think I even mentioned this, but every third question, every third question was about Trump. It was about January 6th. It was about, you know, the, the election of 2020. Uh, then it starts getting into abortion. It It's... I think in your mind, you have the type of race and issue you want to run. And then suddenly, you know, you start doing even just, just one interview. And then it it, it the, they're, they're focusing on things that maybe you don't think they're going to focus on and or that, that you don't think should be highlighted for the race. What do you make of the fact what do you think it does to the race that she could have been neutral? She could have said, I'm going to withdraw. By the way, I think it was a smart move. Um, there's no sense of you. If you this early on feel... You know, boy, there's, there's, a, it would take a lot to move up this hill. I, I think you're better to, you know, stay in the state senate, have that seat. But what do you make of the fact that she, she could have remained neutral, but she did endorse uh, former Cranston mayor Alan Fung over former rep Bob Lancia, as opposed to she could have just said, I'm going to wait and see or, what do you think it does to the race?
1: Well, I, you know, on, honestly, I, I, I like Bob Lancey and I think he's a, he's a good candidate and he's good in the general assembly. I, I don't but I, I I don't see his path versus Alan Fong at this point. Uh, and so it's it's you know it's she's kind of getting out ahead of the curve a little bit. It's it's nice to say you know and one, this is one of the things that personal relationships among people in the GOP would be helpful with. But it's so it's nice to say I'm going to stay neutral for a bit. But it, I mean it's kind of the obvious thing to do in the long run, uh, and not a not a not a bad bet anyway. And it could have been a negotiated thing. Maybe you know it certainly doesn't it doesn't hurt her chances of of finding work within a a fun. Uh, office if he if he's elected or or and also it, it her to other people who, who might be supporting Alan Fong so I you know it's it it makes a lot of sense I think and it, it kind of acknowledges the reality of the race and I, I think you make a great point about about the news media. I, it's one of the big, big problems with having a biased news media that that I don't think people fully fully appreciate is you, you're just not going to get candidates. And, and we've talked about this often where it's, it's not just the ones who are in there. I mean, I guarantee you there are people, Rhode Islanders, of a, a more conservative Republican bent who would run for office, but they look at the landscape and they know they're not going to be able to talk about anything they want to talk about. They're always going to be made to answer for the worst possible uh, people in in their party and it's just not going to be a fair campaign and that has an effect right from the beginning of who even runs and in this case who continues to
0: run yeah the interview um that i heard of her there was no question about biden which is <clears throat> remarkable considering you know his low approval ratings they not getting anything done in washington there was there was nothing there were no questions asked about what i would consider you know ne- negative aspects of things you could kind of hang on the Democrat candidate. There was nothing about defund the police. There was nothing about the squad. There was really no There were no questions that I, I think Langevin's been very ineffective in Washington and, and hasn't. You know, it's so partisan. Uh, there was there was nothing negative of the fact that he always basically deferred to Cicilline and and, uh, you know, he kind of for the most part, by and large, even though it was there 20 years, voted exactly the way the leadership wanted him to um, there were no questions that Nancy Pelosi is going to lose a lot of questions about you know your vote and you could put Kevin McCarthy there but they don't even talk about the fact that to me it would be a positive having a Republican in Washington because you know they're gonna take over the house it's just a matter of how many seats they're gonna take over the house now with Justin as far as Bob Lancy I I mean I, I agree with you. I, I don't understand. And, and I, I worry about people that become almost uh, with blinders on, you know, like nothing could get me out of this race. And I was the first one to declare none of those things matter to voters. I mean, the question is in, in a race of Fung Lancia, who wins in Cranston? Who wins in Warwick? Who wins in Johnston? Who wins in Coventry and West Warwick? Two years ago, Jim Langevin beat Bob Lancey in every city in town. And I know people say at midnight it flipped over. But the bottom line is, if you can't win, what, what is the point of 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 staying in the race?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's a part of the long going long running culture of Rhode Island on the right. I mean it's it's just so easy to you know, once you decide to run for office, all the seats are open. You can swoop all the way up to running for Congress or governor. I mean, there's, there's Senate. There's just no, there's no infrastructure. There's no line to get in, and there's no benefit to getting in a line. It's not as if the Republicans might take the state house at any any given election and and have you know and bring in their people to help run the government. You know, and good paying government jobs. So there's no there's no incentive to stay together. So once somebody decides, you know, what I want to run, and I I, I'm going to do it. Uh, and this goes on and on. I mean, we, we saw it in the last gubernatorial race with Joe Trillo. I mean, just the the animosity and the, the the willfulness. There's such a low bar for for running. And you do get at least a minimal amount of attention from the local media, which can be fun, especially if you're in your late career. Uh, so I, I think that's just there are real structural issues on the right. And that that's a, in Rhode Island. And that's a that's a big marker
0: of it, I think. You know, he was uh, Bob, uh, representative for uh, former rep, Bob Lancer. Uh, he was at Mar a Largo uh, last week because Tom Holman, who I've interviewed many times, he's a big immigration guy. He had a, a book signing event or a book, a big book event right there. I guess he's going to book out. It was at Mar a lago And then President Trump popped in and said hello. So this opens up. There was some of the local media, you know, is, is Bob Lancer going to receive an endorsement from? president trump number one do you think that that might happen and number two would that have an impact on the race if in fact it happened you know
1: i i don't know if it um if it does i i mean i mean i don't know if if that would happen either the President Trump has, has endorsed various candidates across the country, but I, I don't think he's completely, you know, just, okay, he was at an event I, I attended, so I'm going to endorse him. You know, I think he's a little bit more involved in that. And so I think the calculations of the Rhode Island race really do uh, really do have an effect there. And, and Alan Fung, you know, one of his, one of the things the media liked to hit him about was wearing a Trump hat. So he's not exactly an anti-Trump Republican. So I I don't know that he's very vulnerable there. Um, and I, as far as effect on the race, you know, I, I don't have any, any data or anything to back it up, but I, my sense is that Fung is going to be sufficiently strong against Lancia in a Republican, um, a Republican primary that he's, he's going to be able to overcome whatever hurdle a Trump endorsement of Lancia would, would, create. Uh, and I, I think it not being it, it might not being the trump endorsed candidate in the primary might even help him a little bit in a general election among the, the the Democrats in the state.
0: I agree with you. And also i, I as much as the media is speculating on that, um I think if anything, president trump is has, has become a little, you know, listen, every time he's been making some of these endorsements and they've been in some pretty high profile races, J.D. Vance in Ohio and also, dr Raz in pennsylvania I, I think he looks at this race and looks at you know one guy i it comes down to money you know bob lancia um for all his efforts has, has really been unable to raise a good amount of money and um and he has spent a lot of the money that he's he's raised so already he was already running third in the pack behind jessica de la cruz i think Fung has outraised him possibly like 10 to 1 10 to 1 yeah uh, 10 times what he's raised. I, I don't think that would be happening. I don't think that would be happening. And I, I think if it was going to happen, it would have been if Bob Lancey had maybe been like a big Trump individual or helped the president raise money or go into other states and campaign. You, you didn't see that. So I think I think of anything, it just showed how, you know, certain members of the media simply because they were at the same event, then suddenly start saying, oh, maybe there's an endorsement coming where, You know, there's a long road for that. Folks, quick break. A lot more politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DiPietro Show. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209 good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com, propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor at so, Justin, last week, Governor McKee, I thought he was way over skis. Big announcement. Stephen Pryor, Mayor Alorza, they feel they've come up with a win-win on the Superman building. I think they got a long way to go. Uh, and quite frankly, there's nothing about this deal that I like. I think it's everything wrong, uh, total insider deal. The money is is ridiculous to me. Um, let's break it down. Your thoughts on this so-called 111 Westminster, the Superman building package.
1: Well, yeah, you know, it's... We should never expect that the politicians in Rhode Island are going to say, OK, we need to come up with a new approach. They're going to go with the same approach, giving money to special interests. And they're just going to keep trying to find new ways to to process it. And one one legislative session or another, it'll it'll make it through one political season and they'll be able to something The people will be distracted or whatever. And they'll, they'll get it over the finish line. That's just how they operate. Uh, and that's what they're gonna do and so this is their their latest attempt I mean there's there's strange stuff in there like you, we're giving a company mil- tens of millions of dollars uh, but they're gonna give a half, half million dollar to crossroads you know homeless shelter every year I mean it's just why why would that even be part of this package Right. you're you, you yeah. just gonna just little details like that you know immediately That they're not paying it. The taxpayers are going to be giving it to them. They're going to shuffle it back to crossroads. Okay, maybe that's a good thing in the end. Maybe not. But but it's just such a scam. And that's that's just how they do it in Rhode Island. And the reality of it is if the building was desirable, people would be lining up to get there. It's an old building. It needs a lot of work. And I'm not sure housing is even the, the best The best sort of uh, a thing to 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 put there especially you know you've got a lot of parts and pieces electronics that need to run through walls and accommodations for people living there uh, that need to be updated so it's maybe not even the best way to do it but the only way it's going to happen at this point uh in Rhode Island's current state is if government subsidizes it hugely and i don't believe the price tag i have i i have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be one of those jobs at a, a year or two three in, suddenly oh we don't have enough we need more from the taxpayers i i just have a feeling that's the way it's going to be and so uh, ultimately what where they ought to focus in government is improving this the economy in rhode island which would make the land more valuable which would make it worth some private companies time to renovate the building without or at least with minimal taxpayer subsidies and at their own risk but that's off the table because as i said the politicians they're not going to change they've got their game plan and it, it never they never suffer for it so they're just going to keep playing
0: it you know the thing about this high rock development Nate, so they Paid thirty three million for it right before the housing bubble burst uh in two thousand eight. So paid thirty three. Then they they said to Bank of America, either lease the entire building because Bank of America had office and several floors, or you know, or you know, you're out. And Bank of America passed. So then they lost their tenant. Speaker Fox was in office. Um, my my indications were that they and I remember at the time they thought they were going to get a a 38 studios type of thing and i think the working number was even around they initially wanted 75 million and then as we know 38 studios did not you know it collapsed and then the building has sat vacant for nine years now it's worth i think 12 possibly 14 million but you just wonder if someone came along with 10 million in cash uh, what they would do with it but justin to me what? Why would we spend over two hundred million on a building that's basically worth, you know, twelve million, with very high property taxes? If someone was sitting on the sidelines and said, you know, hey, I'm thinking of buying this, and if I could get get state subsidies, maybe I would do it, make it happen. But this is backwards. You know, the developer, he bought it, he has done nothing with it, it has sat vacant, and now. What I saw were a lot of political agendas from Governor McKee thinks that this'll help him. Mayor Lorza was at the press conference. He thinks, you know, he can go out say that they had a, a deal and it wasn't bacon, even though it has sat bacon his entire time he's been mayor. Stephen Pryor, who wants the deal because he wants to run for general treasurer, I don't see, and I think you're right, this becomes the ultimate money pit. They're saying, what, 220 million? You and I both know cost overruns plus inflation. Plus, right now, you know, with the building trade, sometimes you can't even find things. Who knows what's going to happen with Russia and China? Justin, in in the blink of an eye, this thing could you know shoot past three hundred million, and then the taxpayers on the hook. So I, I agree with you. I mean, do they ever learn? This is uh, you know betting on uh, on different businesses and trying to pick winners, and this state subsidies subsidized type of thing. I, I don't see how this helps the taxpayers.
1: Oh, no, not at all. It's it's not about that. It's about union jobs in an election year and all, as you said, all the political, the political agendas that are going on. And it's it's just going to it's going to be a boondoggle. And it, it, it'll it change when the politicians start paying a price for this sort of thing. And, we you know, if we if it turned into another 38 studios, maybe maybe that would help to move us to that to that place. But until then, you know, it's just it's the same old thing. It's the socializing the risk. And privatizing the reward so if if they make a lot of money they'll get rich and if it fails the bills on the taxpayer and and you know oh this iconic building the public has to help us pay for this no we don't no we don't what the public has to do is as i said increase the value of property in rhode island for everybody by making it a great place to live and and, and work that's what right. will will get us out of this there's no upshot rhode island is not repairing itself there's nothing in a future rhode island's economy that says these buildings are going to be worth more we're not going to strike oil uh, underneath the bay and if we did we wouldn't be preparing ourselves to dig for it anyway or drill for it anyway so i mean there's there's just no there's no no vision for Rhode Island's future right now. And that's the real problem. And as long as that's the case, it's just, it's a guaranteed loss because it's going, there's, the property values they'll swing with the national economy but they'll go down eventually and we're just so much at the whims of all of that sort of stuff you you're not going to win which is why nobody wants to buy it private enterprises know this and they know that if you don't get a sweet deal that saves your risk from the government you're just if you're going to lose money and that's that's where we are and I say they they ought to lose the money they made the bet they lost sorry that's right. how it
0: works yes and if if they had as i had said you know he bought it for 33 million this developer high rock if they had been able to flip it, uh, you know, two years later at 50 million, it's not like the state or the city would have seen any extra money. You go down to Newport, he's, they are, they're a real estate developer. And if they had taken that 33 million and bought property in Newport, it would probably be, they would have doubled, at least doubled their money, if not tripled their money, but they didn't. They bought that building for, you know, for whatever reason, or somebody thought they had it. Now they're sitting back and they're still trying to, recoup their investment but but justin i i agree with you you know we've seen other buildings there's there's a new yankee stadium there's there's a new gillette stadium there's there's different buildings that that building uh that is was built in the 20s it it just doesn't work you could have something that would work in that space and help downtown this business that you know they've come up with the iconic and oh we have to preserve it and you know they even you never heard the term superman building until after the guy bought it and then realized that he was going to be on the hook for it. So, and, and if you go to Newport, there's a lot of uh, expensive hotels and properties that were built and they didn't get all of these types of monies. It, it is a matter of when you have Sabatoni there for the laborers, it's about the amount of cash contribute or just campaign donations that are going to funnel in uh, during this election year. So I I want to, the fight i think the public is in a sour mood and i don't i don't think they're um they're going to get this thing over the finish line folks another quick break much more ahead politics this week with justin katz right here on the john demetro show if you're ever in an accident pick up the phone and call west fountain autobody today 401-272-3340 were you in an auto accident someone damaged your vehicle folks it can happen whether it's people not paying attention a drunk driver people texting and driving if you're ever in an accident pick up the phone call west fountain autobody 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence remember with west fountain autobody they're going to work for you not the insurance company call them today if you were in an accident Drunk driver, someone texting, and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Autobody today. 401 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them bring that car over to West Fountain Autobody. 401 272 3340. 401 272 3340 west fountain Auto Body, located 400 west fountain street in providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call west fountain today get it repaired 401-272-3340 portion of the program brought to you by the coesed in check them out on the website depetro.com. the coesed in or island tradition since 1977 located 226 coheset avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers there's always a great crowd you can link directly to them and gift certificates are available the coeced Inn, 226 coheset avenue in west warwick brothers disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401- 688-0517. 688 0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal 401 688 0517. Look for them on Facebook Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway 401 688 0517. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, meeting editor anchor rising.com justin turning to the race for governor helena folks boy she is sitting on a lot of money i just don't think she's broken through in any way and i'm not sure that she's entirely tried to break through but she put down a huge fundraising haul and you know the, the democrats who control the state well you and i both know if they wanted to they could certainly do something about all the money that's in politics all they do is complain about it but they're the ones that are raising all the money but what do you make of the fact the uh, the campaign fundraising haul that she had that basically dwarfed in Governor McKee with what had been his best fundraising quarter of four hundred thousand? I think she brought in one point four million.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, four hundred thousand of that one point three million for her was her own money, <laughs> loaned right. her own campaign, which is you know it it goes to show the the amount of money that if if they're in that aristocratic class of people who think they ought to run the country, the money's there to find. And Raimondo was very good good at finding that. And so she's just sort of taking on that mantle. So I, you know, the, the money itself doesn't quite impress me and I'm not seeing you know, there's not, it's not as if there's a huge groundswell of support for her on the ground. There's, she, she has money to friends and she's able to make some connections and she's got to probably got to able to purchase a team and, and has the money to, to put that together to go raise money in a way that homegrown politicians don't, or, or at least don't really know how to do that. Uh, and so, you know, she, she, in that respect, she's kind of slick, but it's almost like, you it you could almost tell the story that's her and a handful of people buying her a headline and trying to make her seem viable because there's nothing else she's done she put out a you know a few weeks ago an education policy report it kind of fell flat because it was nothing new or, or exciting in it uh, and it, we see that kind of thing again and again so i think it feels like just buying a couple headlines in a sense i'm i'm neck and neck with McKee, money on the table you know well yeah yeah you are in a way but in a way you know So what? And that's that's kind of my my feel about it.
0: Yeah, they you raise a good point where we're at the point that the candidacy seems to be it's it's entirely built around money. If uh, her and you can you can even include the Republican candidate. If you take away their ability to put in their own money and bring a lot of money to the table. I, I don't think the candidacy is is, you know, is taken seriously. I think we're not hearing that they have, you know, you go back through time. I remember when Steve Forbes had his flat tax idea and, and say what you want about, not only you, but Bernie Sanders, you know, a lot of his ideas of free college and things like that. Those, the, the campaign was propelled by a lot of the issues that, you know, he felt passionately about and ideas he was bringing to the table, some more popular than others. but But with this, their entire candidacy uh, seems to be built around the fact that they can either self-fund or or bring a, a lot of money to the table. So I think you know here we are in the late April, the primaries in less than five months. I, I'm just curious to see when she does start to spend the money, exactly how it's going to be used. Is a lot of it going to be for a ground game? Are they going to be doing a lot of ballot harvesting, getting people out, collecting ballots? Or are we going to be uh, bombarded on television? Now, uh, pivoting back to Governor McKee, just for a moment, last week, Attorney General Peter Naroda did an interview on channel 12 and said two of the investigations into Governor McKee, just two of them now, but he said they're nearing their conclusion. One is the former chief of staff, Tony Silva with that land deal. And then the others on the, the DMV, uh, head Bud Craddock, who that was last June. I mean, this is incredible. It takes this long. Uh, what do you how much do you think these investigations and then the that just tells you, I mean, the FBI probe is not going to be wrapped up by the, the primaries in less than five months. Um, the Silva thing, the investigation started last August and then the Craddock one started last June. What what do you make of the investigations kind of hovering over the McKee administration?
1: Well they're, well, they're never good. And I, I yeah. don't think, I mean, he could have, the Craddock one, I haven't seen any indication has really anything to do with McKee as a, as a politician or administrator. That's uh, true. It's just sort of yeah, around right. him. So that one, he might have survived, but this the silver one, and, and let's let's be clear that the the investigations are almost done and so a whole lot of the answer depends on what they conclude if they say yeah mckee's corrupt then that's a problem is it but if if they just go okay that we saw nothing here uh it's just sort of a general stain and i think that's what probably most people are expecting at least with these two Uh, but the the uh the stain is still there and especially with one still it's like a compounding effect with the ILO one still out there hovering it just it combines with the other two for a general feel and and as i've said just about every week, I I don't think he's handling this well. I think I don't think he's good under this kind of pressure. Uh, he's he's not very confident about it, and I I don't think he's well suited to to address this sort of a challenge, McKee. That is, and so I I think this continues to hover. The the saving grace for McKee is a saving grace for all the people who win in Rhode Island. It seems is that his, his opposition isn't very impressive either. And so it's not it's not as if it's a neck and neck race with somebody a real difficult decision between two competent administrators it's it's who is the least bad of an uninspiring bunch and when when you're the guy with three investigations during campaign season even if two of them wrap up uh relatively positively for your campaign uh, it's not it's not a helpful thing and i i i'm not i'm not sure he it might take him out just the, the these hovering investigations yeah. just because just because people who might support him over some somebody else have no reason to you know it's like eh, all right you know he hasn't done anything spectacular he's got these investigations i don't see a need to vote for him so whatever let the other person win
0: hmm. folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing dot com. justin last week lieutenant governor sabina matos she did formally kick off her announcement i think the most interesting photo was she was in the middle to her Right was governor, uh, Rhode Island, governor, Dan McKee, to her left was Michael Sabatoni of the building trades. They're all grinning. Uh, to me, it's it's like in for a penny, in for a pound. And because of the Superman building and everything else, we're talking about a gift to labor. I mean, that's a 200 million at least, if not more, building project. And and let's you know, let's be honest. The, if you look around, the unions don't have anything close to that. Uh, that so those are all union jobs. By the way, just talking about the superman building, I couldn't believe when Stefan Pryor said, I can't wait. We're going to slap a PLA on that, which is a public labor agreement. That means it does not go up to bid. The unions immediately get the job. They're able to, you know, juice up the, the price on it because it's not put out to bid. So they can charge 15, 20, maybe even 25 percent more. There's nothing sweeter to their ears than hearing PLA because, you know, they were the ones that built the Ryan Center. It can go four five million over cost because it's not being put out to bid. Uh, that's the, the a lot of states outlaw these PLAs, public labor agreements in Rhode Island. It was even announced at the press conference. But what do you make of the Sabina Matos uh, camp, campaign and her formally kicking off? She'd like to now be elected lieutenant governor.
1: Well, you know, it is what it is. Lieutenant Governor is not a terribly exciting race uh, in general. It's McKee's made a little different by by pulling her in almost as part of his administration and the identity politics thing piece of it makes a big deal i mean we were talking earlier about jessica de la cruz and the types of interviews she she's getting as a can when she was as a candidate for congress you you flip over to a a different story almost in the same paper uh, with sabina matos and it's all about how how she came from another country and she'd be the first she was the first black woman to be elected to statewide office in rhode island so (laughs) as a as a democrat you get all that extra goose as a republican you don't doesn't matter you you're on the wrong side but i you know the the biggest thing for me uh so she's running against uh cynthia mendez of the the co-op the matt brown group the far left progressive and her her whole attitude as far as i've seen especially on social media is just complete negative cynical radicalism anti anti anti-american feel to it all and here's sabina matos talking about how how she's the first black woman as an immigrant and she's first black woman in in state office, you know, that politicians used to say, what a wonderful country, you know, they they used to say, they used to give America the credit for that. And it was um, no matter what party they were in, that was, that was what America was all about. The American dream. You don't hear that. She instead it's yeah, you can look at me kids and see that, that you can do this, but there's no real, she's not setting up any contrast. So I, uh, you know, I, I think, Compared to her her opposition, you know, it's the theme, I guess, of of the of politics in Rhode Island. But compared to her opposition, I think she'll do pretty well. But I, I think it's just disappointing that 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 theme is just not is not available to them. It's it's insiders, as you point out, and it's it's all about just just them and and you know identity politics, and there's just, just nothing big to it.
0: There's also the third female, Deb Ruggiero from uh, uh, Jamestown, Representative Ruggiero, who's, who's in that. Uh, so it's interesting on the Democrat side, Justin gets it's three women that are running. I think once you take Sabina Matos, her politics are very Providence-oriented. Uh, Cynthia Mendez, you know, she was part of the whole sleep out at the Statehouse. But when, when you get outside of that, um, I just don't think their issues play in Cranston, north Providence Warwick North Kingstown um Sabina Matos i i i would be shocked if she she wins this primary uh and i know there's <laughs> going to be money behind her but um her on her own campaigning i'm just trying to you know think if you're you're at an event in whether it's in Garden City or in East Greenwich or in you know in uh, Exeter or Narragansett and a lot of the issues she focused on there, you know, she was on the Providence city council and wanted to support defunding the police. I don't think it's in lockstep with a lot of the traditional Rhode Island voters. I mean, we'll see. Finally, Justin Katz, Senate president, Dominic Guggerio did an interview. He actually, he, um, initially spoke at a breakfast, but then he did an interview and he really went off on the political uh, co-op of Matt Brown, Cynthia Mendez. He has a, Someone challenging him, uh, he went off on them to defund the police. They have outrageous demands, tax and spend. They have no solutions. I, I just think it's the most direct assault in some ways we've seen from an elected official on that whole co- on the whole uh, co-op collaborative.
1: Well, to some extent, I mean, I I can't help but but you kind of hope they're starting to learn their their lesson. I mean, so you had Nick Mattiello speaker of the house saying he's the firewall against the progressives and he lost to a republican but he lost and uh so and i i don't know personally i found one of the lessons to be he was he was telling the truth a lot more than i thought he was about being a Mm -hmm. firewall uh and and but early on rogerio's response seemed to me to be to get real progressive he was he was leading the charge on women's equity type stuff um and even when mattiello was in office they they let a vote come on a radical abortion bill even though they're all pro-life so that, but they let the vote happen and and pass uh and so they they kind of gave gave ground to progressives and i hope they're starting to learn it doesn't help you it doesn't because you, they're gonna keep coming out after you you can't be radical enough for them because they want the power it's not about they don't actually care about the issues they want the power and so that's how they're going to beat you with, over and over the head with this with this kind of radicalism and so hopefully they're starting to pick up on that because I, I think I think and they they'll have to take action uh, to prove that because I think they're the Mattyella kind of proves that the people who used to buy the whole line you know yeah sure I'm terrible but the people who will come after me are worse Pe- the people who used to go okay I guess I'll vote for the, the, the establishment Democrat are starting to tire of that because it just has seemed like the the radicals win no matter what uh, and so R- Rogério I think he's been talking. Um, you know a good game against progressives but we need to see some real action and i'm not sure he pulled out the old ploy of, of the uh eliminating the gas tax uh, or the car tax i think it was uh you know this that's not going that's not going to work we need substantive change sort of like with the superman building we we need a change in the way Rhode Island is, is directed. And I I think that's, that's the only hope in my view for a lot of these establishment Democrats. Uh, So either they're going to have to really start to put something behind this anti-progressive talk and stop giving into the progressives whenever they can, or, you know, they're going to start having to, maybe (laughs) you can see a future where they start flipping to be Republicans just to, because the, the Democrat brand has been so absorbed by, by, uh, by the progressives, but I, you know, it's nice to see him fighting, but I, against the progressives, it's nice to see them take a couple hits in the media, but it'd be nicer to, to actually get some, some real substantive change in a better direction.
0: I think you're right. It was also one final note is uh, state Senator Tara Mack, who's so extreme, a full, she doesn't say defund the police, abolish the police. She put out on social media. She was not invited to the press briefing for the, uh, the Superman building. What, what I think is interesting about that is, um, you know why why would they why would they why would they <laughs> uh, invite her she and, and then some of the comments were I don't see how this solves the Providence affordable housing problem well this is a developer he's trying to make money he's not trying to solve some of the problems of the city um, they, they're just as if basically tone deaf on on how, you know, business works, how government works. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. He is the managing editor, com. Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Happy Easter. And uh, we'll talk to you again.
1: Happy Easter, John. great talking
0: to you. of The John DePietro show brought to you by realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com, Caldwell Bank or Realty, based in cumberland 20 years experience licensed in rhode island and massachusetts pat services all of rhode island and southeastern mass contact pat elston today 401-474-5253 and you can find her right on the website depetro.com. you're listening to the john dipetro show on am 1380 99.9 fm folks remember you can always listen online at our website DePetro.com. check out the website depetro.com we have original unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetero.com depetro.com dipetro.com. into brood awakenings and discover the brood difference two locations in johnston also in cranston pontiac avenue and then also bald hill road in warwick brood awakenings their local fresh ingredients cozy environment great comfortable chairs deli- delicious breakfast sandwiches lunch great drinks and coffee and plenty of room to spread out and meet people i'll see you and you'll discover the brood difference at brood awakenings to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence you're listening to the john dipietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at the website dipietro.com now while you're there uh there's a lot of exclusive stories folks we cover stories the rest of the media ignores it's real news whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram So take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-732. 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401 732 1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving into brood awakenings and discover the brood difference two locations in johnston also in cranston pontiac avenue and then also bald hill road in warwick brood awakenings they're local Fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable cheers, deli- delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the Brood difference at Brood Awakenings.